Welcome to history. Hey, race fans. Uh, welcome to the Checker Pass podcast. We're here in the Double Law Injury Lawyers Studio presented by Auto Bank RV Sales and Services. We're going to have a pretty cool show tonight. We've got a, a veteran driver from Greenville Pickens, and he's moved on with the truck series, uh, Mr. Tim Lawless. But uh, first, we're going to have Dale uh, do his weekly um, victory devotion brought to you by Morgan Motor Company. Is buying a car something you don't look forward to because of the high-pressure salespeople? Don't let yourself be pressured. When you contact Morgan Motor Company Incorporated, you always deal with a Morgan. This means no high-pressure sales pitch, no high overhead costs that's passed down to you, and savings you can bet on. Morgan Motor Company has been serving the upstate of South Carolina for over 60 years. Give them a call today, 864-242-6684, or visit Morgan Motor Company and see how they can save you money and tell them the guys from a Checker Pass podcast sent you. All right, Mr. Dale, uh, how you doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Ready for uh, your devotion. We yes, always sir. enjoy that. All right. The devotion this week is titled, Why Do We Race? There is no question that racing fans are passionate about the sport. They dedicate their time, attention, and money to the sport in various ways. They go to a race days in advance just to set up outside and enjoy the atmosphere of being in the company of thousands of like-minded people. They buy clothing and accessories that declare their dedication to a team or a driver. They love the sounds, the smells, and the excitement of racing. Have you ever stopped to think about why you are a fan of racing? Why are we so fascinated by the thrill of the race? Why does it matter so much to to us who wins? Could it be an inclination we are born with? Max Helton, the founding chaplain of Motor Racing Outreach, often answered this question with another question. When someone would ask him, why he thought fans were so passionate about racing, he'd ask, when kids go out to play, what's the first thing that you often hear them say? They will say, let's race. Think about this for a moment. From the time children are old enough to talk, walk, and play with other children, one of the things they most love to do is race. Go to any park, playground, backyard, or parking lot where a group of kids are gathered, and you'll see a race begin to a tree, to a swing, to a toy, or to the kitchen table. It happens all the time. Children naturally want to race. We humans, it appears, are born with a desire to test our abilities against one another, and the instinct to prove ourselves against our peers doesn't seem to change as we grow older. What we race or where we race may change, but the urge does not go away. From the teenager at the stoplight revving the engine on his dad's Chevy to the weekend warriors playing various sports. It seems we are born with the inclination to compete. God understands this need within us. He doesn't look down on competing or racing. In fact, in the pages of the Bible, God helps to define the race for us. He brings the race into perspective. One such verse is 2 Timothy 4, 7, which says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Another is 1 Corinthians 9, 24, it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. The Bible has no problem comparing life to a race. What the Bible teaches us is to run the race of life in such a way that we can win, not from an earthly perspective, but from God's perspective. 
The winners of the ultimate race of life are those who come to know God, the Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ. They come to know the truth and live their lives trusting God with every aspect of their day-to-day existence. In doing so, they have learned the prize. They have earned the prize both in this life and the next. What is the prize? God's peace for today and life in His presence, both now and for eternity. There's no better prize in the world than accepting Jesus Christ as our, as your Lord and Savior and His free gift of salvation. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your gift of salvation. It is truly the most important prize anyone could ever receive. Let us all realize this and pursue it with all of our heart. Keep all of the racing community safe across the country. Guide us as we go through this racing season. Let everything we do be done to glorify you. And if anyone out there does not have a relationship with you, please contact me and I will take my Bible and show you how you can be assured of a victorious future. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Dale. Great to have you back this week. Glad to be here. It's Uh, truly an honor. Absolutely. So we're going to get into our guest segment here. Uh, We've got our uh, sit-in co-host. He's um, he's a little late today, but... It was for a meal, so we won't hold that against him. I got here before Mark Turner did. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah. He hadn't been here in about three weeks now. We uh, well, That's late. Yeah, he's real late. I was seven. I was eight minutes late. Yeah. He's actually got the um, the the showdown up at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the next two months. So, he's. I'm either going to have to move the day of recording for him or um, have a sit-in every week. I can't, I can't plan your weeks every week, but you might be late. A lot of fun. Be glad to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. But uh, we're going to get in with our guest. Um, somebody who uh, who was a teenager when I was at the racetrack, seen out there, uh, always elbows up. I, any time I describe Tim Wallace, um, I see a wheel man that, that is up on the wheel on lap one and lap 150 or 350 or whatever. He's giving it all his – his entire time, and uh, probably one of the greats out there, and he he come he, he hung around a bunch of greats, you know, coming through. So uh, it's gonna be pretty cool to sit down and hear some stories. But uh, I was out in the shop picking your brain earlier about about how you got started and everything. So if you want to fill us in on that or get us going on that, we'll have questions along the way. Uh, yeah, pretty much, you know. I didn't start coming to the racetrack till I guess '89, and uh, started watching. Had a buddy of mine that was running out there, and uh, well, his daddy was running out there. Yeah, we might remember Tommy George, Stanley George's daddy. I do remember the name. And uh, so I watched it a little bit. I'd go over there and help him tune on the motor a little bit, do a little this, a little that, not knowing anything about racing. Just I did pedal with old cars all the time. And uh, he invited me to go to the pits one day. I said, yeah, I'll go help you. I'd like to try that and just see how it is. So we go out there and, and uh, racing and seen some people that I know. I, uh, I think the moats and all them was there. There's a bunch of different ones out there. So the first race I ever went to, I see, I think it was Scott Moat and, and Ronnie McCarson uh, was out there racing each other. Well, next thing I know, they uh, they all tangled up. Scott's coming in, the fuel cells dragging. Wow. And uh, I was like, man, that's the first time I've ever been in the pits before ever. 
Scott says, come on, man, don't you help me do something? So I thought we was going to work on a car. Well, I start walking up through there, and unfortunately, I know both sides of this, these people here. I know both of them. Next thing I know is people's jumping off the trailers with lug wrenches and everything else, <laughs> and they just fight broke out like you wouldn't believe. I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, what in the world? So uh, after that night right there, I, you know, I got kind of hooked on it pretty good, and it wasn't, wasn't too long after that. I think it was in 94, I, I lost my dad. And I uh, had to have something to keep my mind occupied, something to keep my mind focused. So I bought a car and uh, started working on that thing and, and uh, met a lot of people through that first car. Um, bought it from a buddy of mine, I think uh, Scott got it from Scott Rainey, who I think got it from... Uh, I can't think of his name now, but he had a hot, had a shop over there on White Horse Road. Um, golly, I can't think of it for nothing. But anyway, got that thing home and was working on it. And, and uh, Joe Satterfield, he uh, sort of telling me what to do to you know, set it up, how to go about doing it and that kind of thing. And uh, so I went out there the first race, got it going. Not, not, not know nothing about no racing stuff. Go out there and we run. I start in the back. Well, I don't know, right about eight laps or so, I go off in the corner. Brake rod fell off the <laughs> off the brake pedal. Oh Lord! And I said, Oh man, this ain't fun. So I, here I am trying to here I am trying to pull in the pits and can't stop it. Trying to figure out and I'm telling everybody to move and get out of the way. And finally, it comes to a little halt right there. I get it up, you know, neutral to where the coast to a stop. And after that, old Joe said, bring that thing over to the shop and let's work on it. And so we did. And, and uh, at that time, he had already made this contraption at a VHS video <laughs> camera, had it put in the car. And uh, so we changed some stuff around and got it ready to go back and practice. So we went out there and practiced on the next race on a Saturday morning. He said, all right, I want you to drive this thing as hard as you can. So I said, okay. So I went out there, and Joe was standing in the middle of morning two. And uh, we had this video camera in there. So uh, I drive that thing, and I mean, I'm driving it now. I'm driving it as hard. He told me to drive it as hard as I could, so I said, okay. So I drive it, and I'm, I guess you'd call drifting through this corner. And when you go back and watch the video, Car so sideways, you see Joe right dead in front of me. <laughs> and then as we come off the back stretch over there, you could you could see the stands, the front stretch stands. <laughs> so I'd run that thing about three laps like that, and he waves me in. He said, "What's it doing?" I said, "Well, sideways." <laughs> and uh, so he made a he he made a few changes right there. He said, "Go out there and do the same thing." It's okay. But man, that thing was handling after that right there, and it, it picked up over a half a second in time. I come in, old Joe asked me, told me, he said, Lord, have mercy. He said, I done created a demon. <laughs> he said, this boy right here, he said, he ain't scared. And uh, so then from there on, you know, I was in the shop with Joe for, I want to say it was a good seven, eight years probably. You know, I, my first year I raced, I think it was seven races, won three of those things. They throwed me out twice. And uh, we had a, a group of people that really didn't like us because we come in later the, late the year and we just taking their, their victories away from them. 
and running up front. I don't want to call no names. They still alive, so we don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it and uh, it's it's funny how that works because you know uh, I'll tell you it was at Chastain's and uh, we uh, we just seemed like we couldn't get along for nothing through Charger and Street Stop. And then this past weekend, I was helping Chris on his super stock cars. It's funny how things change over the years like that. But uh, I think his age that does it. I think that, that's, that's got a lot to do with it, I'm, I'm sure, because I used to be a little bit a little bit not as lenient as I am nowadays. But, uh, but that uh, Tom, after the first year of Charger, he moved me up to Street Stop. So we uh, we run street stop. Won, won quite a few races that year. Again, you know, we was in the shop with Joe. Joe worked on his, and I'd work on mine. And you know, we was at that time started helping little Randy and Chris Minders. And I know both of these boys pretty good. Worked with Chris, and me and Randy was pretty good friends at that time. We'd I built some motors for him, some stuff like that for his car. And uh, I told him, I, I told him and Chris, I said, Chris, Randy, I, said, I don't mind helping y'all boys. I said, but, I said, when, I, if y'all go out there wrecking each other, I ain't going to do it. Because we'd go shop to shop. I mean, we was all over the place. First race, him and him get to battling, they crash <laughs> out, son. They, they crash out. And that went on for quite a little while. I think they'd still do it today if they were both here. I mean, that's just, just the way they was. And uh, just that co- competitiveness that they had in them. So we, we was, uh, run that, should have won championship that year and uh, ended up sacking to, uh, I think, Tony Williams won that year championship. And matter of fact, Joe had helped him too. He's the one that drove the number three, looked like an Earnhardt car. Tony Witten. Tony Witten. Tony yeah, Witten. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Williams Tony was a 77. Yeah, 77. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Tony, you know, unfortunately ain't with us anymore, but he uh, he won the championship that year, and they parked me that night because uh, they told the, told us in the drivers' meeting, you know, for the for, for the guys the championship was running for a championship, to you know let them race. Well, I go by this particular well, it's Chastain. I'll just say it, <laughs> and uh, and I did bump him a little bit. You know, not a lot, just a little bit. Got by him. Well, he runs off down into three, and he wells me pretty good. I said, hmm. I was pretty hot then because I, I said, man, it done took me out of the championship. Here I am. I said, they told us. Well, the caution come out. I didn't wreck. The caution come out. This knocked me way up the racetrack once cars went by me. Well, the caution come out, and I didn't think nothing about it. So I get to thinking about it on the front stretch, and I done got pretty, pretty hot. And I spun that thing around, and my intentions was to hit him head on. I was just going to hold it wide open to hit him head on. I know somebody that done that recently. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so I, I thought thought better of it. And y'all remember Reggie? He was uh, one of the tech men officials out there at that yeah. time. And I seen him, and it sort of brought me back to reality. So I spun it sideways into the pits right there, and Reggie stops me. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I was going to hit him head on, but I thought better of it, and I figured I'd just calm down a minute. And then in the background, I hear Bill hollering, 50 car in the pits, 50 car, go to the pits. I said, well, I done throwed myself out of this deal. So 
ended up sacking in the points that year. So Tom moved me on up to Superstop. I was like, I ain't Tom. I said, man, I can't afford all that. He said, if you want to race, he said, you're going to run Superstop. So I said, okay. So I messed around and bought a, y'all remember, old Gentry's, Randy Gentry had old Oldsmobile that was mm-hmm. old purple color. And I ended up with that car. I got it from, I can't even remember who I got it from, but I bought that car and put it together and went out there to track. I think I got to finish two races that year. Blowed up, I think, five motors. Good Lord. But I kept, and it happened in practice. Couldn't ever figure out what was going on. And uh, finally figured out I'd bought an oil pan from over at the old super shop. It used to be on Wade Hampton over there. And uh, they told me it was an eight-quart oil pan. Well, I didn't pay it no attention. I put it on. I assumed it was an eight-quart oil pan. And come to find out, it was had a real bad crank slosh, and that's what was blowing them motors up. So pretty much the next year, built a new car from the ground up. And uh, me and Joe did it over there in the shop floor. And uh, that old car there won us a championship that year, 98, I think. It real good car. I think won 10, 10 races that year. Good Lord. And uh, it... And at that time in Superstock, now they was, they was probably twenty to twenty-five cars every week, and mm-hmm. uh, didn't run but a fifteen-lap race. And if you, if you drawed bad, you started in the back. Well, naturally, I think I had the bag that I always drawed in the back. <laughs> so, so you know, we won a lot of races and won championship that year, or about four races before the end of the year. Old Tom come up to me and he said, "Well, you know, you're going to Lake Model next year." I said. Tom, I, I said, man, I can't afford to run no late model. I said, I barely can do what I do. And, and Lord, uh, he said, well, if you want to run at this racetrack, you're going to run a late model. You, but now, he was saying a few choice words. You know Tom, right. how Tom <laughs> was. And uh, I said, well, I said, what if I lay out the last four races and then just, you know, don't win the championship? He said, well, he said, you can do that, but you're going to run late model next year. <laughs> I said, well. I said, if I'm going to uh, have to race late miles, I'm going to win these last four then. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it make, I'm gonna make it look bad. And so, sure enough, we did. We went and won them last four races and won the championship. And at that time, you know, I think I was helping probably eight or nine, eight or nine people. I know it's Stanley George, Jamie Tate, Rena Tate, um, Randy Blue, Chris Minders, and, you know, and Joe was all – Helping each other, basically, and uh, and uh, was having a pretty good time there with all that racing, with all the buddies, the buddy system. Everybody get together and go shop, shop, and just help everybody out. And then uh, so late model come, and then that was uh, my first car. I think I bought it from Doug Noy. I sold my car to Philip Lynch. Matter of fact, Philip won championship with it the next year. And um, so I went to late model, still in the shop with Joe with. Um, trying to think is it first or second I think it's the second race as a little old wreck coming off of two over there and I thought I was good I thought I was going to make it through and old R.A. Brown sort of bounced off the wall and put me in the fence over there at the gate stopped me oh. dead still dead still sort of rattled my old brain a little bit 
and uh, I'll never forget old Mike Hosenback come running over there to the to the car. Told me, get out, boy, get out. It's just leaking fuel. Well, that woke me up pretty quick, so I jumped out of the car. Ended up being the battery leaking. It wasn't a, wasn't a fuel wasn't tank. Fuel. Yeah. I, I mean, but it could have been because it was backed up into the fence pretty good. I said, well, I'm going to quit. I think we went on vacation, matter of fact. I done. I was ready to sell out. I talked to old Gene Head, and I said, and he said, "Well, how much you want for it? Like, like it sits." So I don't know. I'll think about it. So I got down to the beach with the family there, and I just got to think about it. So I called Carrie Bodenheimer up. I said, "Carrie, what what it cost to get a clip put on on a rear clip on that thing?" He said, "I don't know. We'll work out something." So I took it up there, got it all back together, went out there, and think raced twice more. Then Tim Wilson spun out in front of me in practice one day. Couldn't do, couldn't stop. Tried to miss him, and this thing had one of my Gleasons in it. I didn't know it at the time, but that thing unratcheted. When I tried to turn to the right a little bit, my eyeballs touched the windshield when I hit the wall that day. Mm. I mean, I remember it hit the outside wall right there, coming off a of four. And that thing bounced down and hit the inside wall. On the, on the front stretch there. And Ricky come running over there. He said, you all right? Well, I couldn't say nothing. I couldn't breathe. I hadn't breathed. I said, I jumped the wall, went running over there to the trailer. I still ain't breathed. I said, well, this is it. I'm going to die right here at the racetrack. And uh, finally, I got my breath back. And I said, well, I'm going to quit. <laughs> and uh, so, matter of fact, I think we was going, it's something about going on vacation. Because every time, right <laughs> before I was going on vacation, we was, we was crashing out or something. Did and, you uh, quit doing that during race season? No, <laughs> unfortunately. I left vacation early this week to go race at Lonesome Pine, unfortunately. But, uh, but the, uh, but the, uh, you know, got it back together, finished out the season that year. And uh, didn't run about four or five races, I think, total. And then it just goes on from there. But uh, with the late model stuff, he's, man, lots and lots of races. Yeah. We're going to uh, cut away for a minute and thank the ones who help us out here. Are you looking for someone to do a dreaded painting project? I'm talking about residential and or commercial. Look no further and contact Maccabee Painting. These guys have been around for 15 years with 29 years of experience. The owner, Benji, is a third generation painter and knows his stuff. They can also take care of all of your pressure washing needs or deck repairs and staining. Again, if you're looking for someone to come and do an amazing painting job, either residential or commercial, if you got pressure washing needs or you just need your date repaired and stained, call Maccabees Painting at 864-395-9744. Not a jack of a lot of trades, but definitely a master of one. Again, that number is 864-395-9744. And tell them that the guys from A Checkered Pass podcast sent you. For all your automotive and heavy equipment, foreign and domestic, alternators and starter needs, contact Gene's Alternator and Starter. Tell them that you heard about it on the Checker Pass podcast. Give them a call at 864-246-3036. It's Gene's Alternator and Starter. Alrighty, thank those guys for coming on board and helping us this year. Uh, Tim, I think our co-host here has got a couple of questions and uh, maybe some follow-ups on some things you've said there. 
All right, so first off, um, you were the third driver that I sponsored at Greenville. The first was Les Mahaffey. The first race I sponsored him, I met Percy Proctor. He's from Western North Carolina. He's moved back up there and runs dirt. Yeah. I talked to him the other day uh, by text. And then you're the third. When I first saw you ever in my life, I was on Donnie's hauler with Joey, and Donnie was practicing. And you'd been out there running, and I'd been timing you, and you were running really good laps. And um, so you come in and parked, and you didn't get out of your car. You were just sitting there looking like the world was ending. I mean, you, you had, had a bad, frustrated look on your face, and I was thinking, man, he was fast. Why was he – what's wrong with him, that guy? So I asked Joey, I said, who is that? And he told me your name, but I forgot it for a few years. But he said, that's Tim Lawless. Um, uh, I said, I said, looked like he's a good driver. He said, yeah, he won the championship last year driving junk. Now, I think what he meant was you put it together yourself yeah. or whatever. Do you know which championship that was and what the junk car was he might have been referring to? That was uh, going to be my 98 championship, which was that car that built over his old – it was a 72 Chevelle chassis we cut down to 108. Put a Monte Carlo body on it. It was stock. I mean, you could you could go buy every piece from AutoZone and bolt it right on that thing. It wasn't chopped up, cut up, other than the wheel base itself. But it was a that was a real good car right there. It now was it as built as good as some we was racing against? Probably not. You know, far as up to date stuff. Mm-hmm. But we uh, it just one of those things that suited me, I guess. And, and my driving style, that thing just, it it liked to be aggressive. All right. So the first car I sponsored you drove was a, I called it the creamsicle. It was orange and white or orange and silver. Is that the same car? Two, two totally different cars. That car there was my 08 championship car. Got that car from Joe Satterfield. Uh, that was the car that Joe drove. Um it was a black and silver 59. It was several different colors. It was solid blue one time. Then it was that black and silver 59. Um, that car was a super good car, too. Um, got I think I traded Joe a truck for that thing, if I ain't mistaken. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure one that Billy ended up with, that black truck. But Now, my memory, every race car, race truck you've had, it's always been 50, except... Early on when I was sponsoring, you changed it to double alt mm. for me. Yep. And then when I find out why your number is 50, I tell you to change it back. So why was your number 50 and why is it still 50? Well, you know, like I told you in the beginning, my, my dad passed away in, in, in 94, and that's what I got into racing. Well, my daddy was, was 50 years old, and that's how that's the reason I run 50. It, uh Sorry about that, y'all. Just get a little emotional. Totally understandable. Just fine. But that's, uh, I've run that number since then, except for that one year. And, uh, and me and you talked about it, and that, I, was, I was glad I got to go back to it. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I had, my plan was for everybody to run a double alt. When I, when I first sponsored Les, he'd asked me the year before, and I said, well, get double alt, and I'll sponsor you. And I was just joking. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd been to the racetrack oodles and oodles of times. I never thought about sponsoring you know, my business with a car. And so he called me and said, I got a double alt. 
I said, well, I guess I'm your sponsor. So I just asked you the same thing, and I don't know how it come up, but you told me that's why that was why you had 50. Yeah. And the next week you come back with 50 and took double lot off of it. Yeah. And I, I admire you for not telling me. Uh, I can't change my number, and here's why. I would have said, that's fine with me. My dad died when I was seven, and I think about my dad every day. He died in 1971. Um, so when I first saw you in the late 90s, you were in a late model, a black 50. And my memory is the 50 were, was white, could have been yellow, and there was no other sponsors on that car. What was that car? That, that car there was probably my KLB car that I had um, is that probably the one that I started with. We just changed the body, you know, um, lettered it up a little different than when I first got it. And uh, run that car for quite a few years. Now, this is the late model car, right? Late model car. And um, we run that car probably, let's see, from 99 to about 0, 02. In, uh, in 01, I got hurt and I was down for a while, but I run it 99, 2000, and I know 02, and then I got a new plate car and just took all my stuff off. But that car there, we was, uh, at that time, I remember they was 25 to 30 late model cars every week. That's right. And I would run in the top five with that car about every week. And uh, couldn't ever seem to get a win out of it. But to be honest with you, we had a $4,500 motor and about a $5,000 car that we was competing against people that had $30,000 motors and I couldn't tell you what a car would have cost back then probably fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 probably I mean it was just an old Banjo Matthew center section with a KLB front and rear clip so you're still running up front with junk just running up front with junk but that's, <laughs> all, that's all I could afford that's I right you know no sponsors no anything like that and um, and then when I got hurt in in 01 um, the following year, I went to Anderson Motor Speedway. That's when I broke my motorcycle wreck. Got in there and acting crazy on dirt bike and crushed both my arms, put me down for a good little while. I think I remember all yeah, that. Yeah, that was, that was a bad time. I, I mean, I didn't work for six months. Because, mm. I mean, Lord, I couldn't, couldn't use my hands. Mm. And um, so, and finally, late, I think it was late... Oh one, Jamie Tate had actually bought a car mm-hmm. from Ken. It looked like that one right there, the one that had the B and B pools with the splash and all on the front. And me and Jamie got that thing, got to working on it and playing with it. And he said, "Won't you go out there and drive that thing?" Well, here I am, just come out of off of cast pins, plates, and all this right here. Just barely did have any strength in or anything in my hands, you know, for strength at that time. Shoot, yeah, let me get in that thing. <laughs> so I go out there, and we're just practicing, and I drive off into one. I mean, first lap, I drive off into one, right rear wheel seal blows out. So I spin that thing out, and I'm, I'm doing everything in my power. But it didn't, didn't hit the wall. I pulled back in, and... Uh, I told him, I said, boy, that was close there, wasn't it? And uh, so we seen it, just axle, axle grease everywhere. 
And uh, so we fix all that. And Jamie, I think he got to race that thing maybe twice or something happened to the motor. The motor timing chain broke in it. And then uh, Jamie didn't didn't run anymore a whole lot after that till we got trucks. And uh, but I tell you, I tell you, uh, that was uh, it was that year. Let's see, back in '98. That's when Jamie was running. Y'all remember that the Star One car, the mm-hmm. white car. Well, he had got pulled down at Greenville, and the heads was off of it. The rear end was apart, and all this kind of stuff. You know, another vacation thing. We was about to go on vacation, but Anderson had them twin fifties, and we was going down the road. Me and Jamie and, and Angel and Rena, and uh, Jamie says, "You want to go?" So I want to go. He said, yeah, you want to go? I said, you talking about race? I said, man, our car's tore apart. He said, uh, we can get it together, can't we? Now, this was on, we didn't have about four hours to finish it and get it to go to the racetrack. <laughs> Good Lord. And uh, now here we are, we almost on 385. So I look at him, I said, yeah, let's go do it. And uh, I said, you reckon you couldn't get some, because they, they, they let us out over on, uh, off, right before you get to 385, the wives let us out. Jamie's mama come and got us. <laughs> we stopped by and got the parts we needed at uh, Bucks. And then I went home. I went to the shop, put everything back together, started everything back together while Jamie went and got everything we needed for his little odd and end stuff. Here we go. We pull in down there to Anderson, get it all together. We pull in. They Practice was over. I mean, it. they wasn't no more practice. We come rolling in. Naturally, I was going to drive the car. Jamie wanted me to drive it. So I go down there, and I, I'm going to pull in. Old Chris and a few of them, they look and see us coming, and they're shaking their head. And uh, so we roll that thing out of the trailer, so we go in to qualify. So I ain't even set in the car yet. So we go out there, and first lap, I'm all over the plow, sideways. So I just overdrove it. Next lap, we set it on the pole. Ain't had a lap of practice or nothing. And... Uh, and that night, if you sat on the pole and won both races, you got a bunch of bonus money, about like the way you did the other, other week with uh, down at Anderson for, for right. the late model drivers. And uh, I was like, uh, man, well, if we, we could win all this, boy, we'd be good. So we lead every lap the first race. But then you had to start in the back and win the race to get all the money. So I said, put us in the back. So we put we got in the back. We take off and and uh, getting a little wrecked right off the bat. I remember I was going into three and looked up and seen Rufus Raiden was the one that was going to start the race. I could look up and see him in the mirror. I said, that's how many cars was there that night. Wow. And I was like, hmm, well, it's going to be rough. So we got in this little bump up. We pull in the pits. They duct tapes, bungee strapped the hood down and all. And uh, we go back green. And... Uh, you talking about, here we come. We coming through the field. We get down there to the, I don't know, probably 10 laps or so to go. I'm running third. Billy Rowland's leading. You remember Billy, don't you? Mm-hmm. And Chris Minders was sacking. Now, you just got to think about them. Me and Chris pretty good buds. Me and Billy was, too. Well, for whatever reason, when we come off of two over there, I think this was on the, with three to go. We come off of two over there and Billy stayed in the middle of the track well we split him Chris goes high go low and we go off down into the corner we side by side going down the front stretch 
and uh, go into one, and I'm under Chris, and he comes down, and he sort of wiggles him up. So we go on, win the race. Naturally, Chris comes by. <laughs> he comes by me, and, I mean, he, Lord, I thought he was going to take the front end off of that thing. And uh, But we, we take all the money right there. And our wife told us before we got out of the car, said, you better not come down here if you don't got the trophy. <laughs> so we went with the trophy and took it with us. And uh, so, unfortunately, it took us about eight hours to get down there because we both were so tired we got <laughs> lost and ended up pulling over on the side of the road and sleep for a minute, then went on down there. Good. Well, that was a late model car? This was actually a Charger car. Okay. Yeah, this was a Charger car. Now, yeah. I, I've had some pretty good runs down there in my late model and that 100-lap stuff, too. Now, you said you won the 2008 championship. That was in the creamsicle car. That was it. Talk. Yep, that was the. The next year's when I sponsored you. Uh, started sponsoring you then just yeah. on your hood because you had everything else yeah. covered. Yeah, that that first year, that that was, let's see. I, I remember when you come down in the pits, I was telling uh, Steve earlier, we, we'd just won a race. Right. You come down in the pits down there and. You walked over to me and you said, uh, I, I didn't know who Brian Ramey was at that time. I just seen a big guy with overalls and a T-shirt. <laughs> and uh, he walks in there and down there at the pits and he looks at my car. He said, well, that sure is an ugly hood. <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking to myself, talk about my car for. <laughs> what a heck of a way to introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, I just want to introduce myself. He said, I'm Brian Ramey. I said, oh, yeah. And then we got to talking. He said, I want you to come talk to me on a Tuesday. I, I remember at Flames Day, give me a certain time to be there. And we went and talked, and uh, that's how me and Brian got together. And Lord, me and Brian was together probably, I guess we was probably 10 years right at it. Yep, until you quit, quit. again yep. and told me you was never going to race again. You're going to help people, <laughs> but you're never getting in the, in the car again and, ever. And uh, Marty I, Ward told me the same thing. That's why I'm not on Marty Ward anymore. I'm not on you anymore. Yeah, I took in. Uh, Remind me to keep my mouth shut. You only yeah. get to retire on me once. So the uh, we had, it was one of those things that it's hard to get help racing nowadays. And your man went right now. It's me, TJ, and Mike Hammond. That's the three that works on both of these cars week in and week out. We do got a little boy uh, named Trey right now. That's he's driving up from Georgia. He's he's running go karts right now, but wanting to get into some round track racing, and he's he's been coming and helping us driving up from Georgia actually to uh, help us a little bit, try to learn a little bit. So the reason I kind of did that setup, why did how did you, how were you able to go back from late model back down to Charger uh, in the creamsicle car? Well, is that one after Tom passed or no? Did he let no. you go back down. What it is, I, that's whenever I got hurt, I was out a year. And then the next year, I went to Anderson, didn't run Greenville. And then after them two years, I come back, and I said, Tom, because I, I was driving for Bob Root, I think, at the time, because Bob just bought everything I had, and he wanted me to drive, and I, so I did. And uh, I don't know, it just it don't seem the same if you driving for somebody. If I tear something up, it's mine, you know what I mean? But when you tear something up driving for somebody, I mean, it weighs on you pretty good because, you know, I know what it takes to fix them and that kind of thing. And um, so we uh, went to Tom. I said, Tom, I said, you let me build a, another super stock car? I said, you let me go back? I said, man, I ain't, I ain't raced in two years out here. He said, all right, you 
You know choice what? Choice word. Few cho- yeah, a few Beep. choice words. He said, but you stink my show up, boy. I said, all right. So I come back. I think it was halfway through the season. That's when it was blue. Um, the car was still blue. I just had got it from Joe. And I think we raced maybe four, four or five races at that time. And, uh, and then the next year, I think we'd got into some bump-ups and bang-ups or something. And I ended up having to have some body skin stuff done to it. And that's whenever I painted it that orange and silver. And uh, we come back that next year. And I, that year there, we won, I know, nine or ten races in the championship. And, uh, and that's 08. And that was in 08. And uh, we, from there, let's see. Well, I remember now because Tony Bridgman rent that car for me. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Tony. Well, that's going to be my next question. I was there the night the, yeah. the creamsicle died. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, we just had a real good car that night, and Tony was in front of me. And, you know, racers, they don't like to give up no spots by no means whatsoever if they, if they think they don't have to. You know, I was riding behind him, riding behind him, and I was like, man. So, finally, I just sort of got in the gas and got, I got into him a little bit up off the corner. You won't hardly ever see me hit anybody entered in the corner. If I hit anybody, it's going to be from the center off. If you hit somebody from entering, you know what ninety percent of the time it's, it's they're going to be a wreck. Mm-hmm. So, but I nudged him a little bit coming up off the corner right there. Got him sideways. I started beside him. Well, it must have not went too well with with Tony. And uh, to me, felt like he just hung hard left, and he hit me right in that right rear wheel and when it did it broke the axle Ooh. and it turned that thing around and here it was it went up into the fence back first and then hit the front messed up the rear clip and the front clip and at that time they had been talking about doing the trucks the next year because I think Ron Hall had actually come out there and exhibitioned with us mm-hmm. in, the, in the 44 truck so um, naturally I get up out of the car and for whatever reason, they stop everybody right on the front stretch. And here I go. I'm walking over towards the the culprit. And uh, I didn't. I wasn't going to do anything crazy. I was just wanting to speak my mind. And uh, at that time, I think it was Anthony. If I ain't mistaken, it was Anthony that jumped out in front of me right there and was trying to stop me. And if I hadn't seen him, because well, I started tackling him on the hood of one of them boys' cars. And... Uh, I told him, I said, listen, just leave me alone. I just want to go over here and talk to him. So I get over there, and the whole time I didn't realize that I had the little old red dots on my back, them old tasers. I, I mean, I just went over there and expressed my displeasure and went on about my business. And the whole time, them, them police was following me with them old tasers. Like well, I, I was never knew on. that. Wow. Yeah. Me neither. He come and told me afterwards. He said, you know, uh, I had that thing pointed right at you. He said, you was about to get lit up. I said, really? I said, man, I was just over there telling him what I thought about him. And I said, I wasn't planning on, you know, doing anything crazy. And uh, You but, left out something I was thinking, and my, may be, my memory may be faulty. Because y'all know I forgot to get here on time tonight. Didn't, wasn't that wreck that killed the creamsicle car? The one that set the track on fire, and they had to—I mean, the, the, the asphalt itself no, no, no. was burnt. That wasn't. That, that was. Uh, that was actually. Now, if that was super stock, I remember that was back um, when in the '98 series, when the um, in '98 when uh, 
I actually blowed up going into the corner, and I think it was Kenneth heading in the 99, and uh, somebody else got an outside wall right there, and it, it caught on fire right there. Hmm. And uh, I really thought that, that and then, after you got out of the car, it, it ignited, and they had to put the track out. The asphalt yep. was burning. No, I don't, it wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't get that bad on me right there on that one, but uh, but I do remember that. You remember? I remember the night that uh, Mike Moat. Mike Moat's car caught on fire right there, fuel cell busted. In turn one. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad mm-hmm. one right there. Oh yeah, that was when Renegade first started. Yeah, yeah, around in the early 2003 or four. <clears throat> Last um, question, and I'm gonna let the real host take off for a while. Watching you from the stands in any racetrack, when I watch you go into the corner, more pronounced than anybody else, it looks like you lay your head all the way over on your shoulder. It probably probably does. It's habit, I guess. I think evidently I must think that helps turn it. I don't. Is that know. right? <laughs> but you you are actually laying your ear yeah, on it's, your it's, shoulder. It's just it's one of those things that you know you driving off in the corner. It's 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 just habit. It's just habit. Is it so you can look out? Behind the post, or into the corner, or just no? It's just this habit. This habit more than anything, I think. I still catch myself doing it today, because I, I'm old school. Everybody's got these, and I know I probably should have it, but I still run a regular old seat with one little old uh, you helmet. Yeah, this old helmet. So you don't have oh, a Hans device. I do not. I you hardhead. And uh, it's just. I'm I'm one of them. I want to be able to do this, and I want to be able to do this. The word that's turning my head, one side to the other to see. Look, I trust my spotters, but I most time I tell them just be quiet. Don't tell me nothing. I said not unless they already way under me or something. I just rather I can hear them and feel them. I yeah. just know they're there, and uh, I just uh, I just don't really say nothing to me. Not unless you have to. That's my my biggest thing. Yeah, that's I don't I, I don't run radios or anything because I don't I don't want to hear them tell me something if, if I screw yeah, so, up I want it to be my yeah, fault. And my my biggest thing is if you shout out something, it makes me think something's yeah. And uh and I'm like, well, where what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? But uh but yeah, I, not that I, I you know I wear radios because I want to be if somebody wrecks in front of us somewhere I want to be able. But usually I'm I'm watching ahead. I don't I'm not just a front bumper. Guy, I would look ahead of me, especially when that's your cash put into that truck. You that's, exact, that's exactly yeah. right. It it because they ain't no no racing's cheap no. from the bottom to the to the top. None of it's cheap. Not a bit. Well, if my memory serves me correct, I, I may be wrong. When I I was telling you earlier, when I was younger, a teenager out there watching, did you and Greg Jarrett ever have a beef in the pits, <laughs> or should well, I shut up? Well, we uh. We had a little incident on a racetrack one time. I think he got into me. I got up into the fence a little bit, and it uh, messed up right front. I remember, and I was I was gonna chase that rascal down, and I got all the way to his bumper over in in turn three and four, and the stinking right front ball joint broke. Oh god! And it put me in the fence again. Well, <clears throat> I'm pretty ill at that time, so here I go. I'm walking across the track. I'm going from turn middle of turn three and four. Walking over to the uh, infield right there, and uh, next thing I know, I see Randy Blue and Jamie Tate. They standing there. They going. Well, this is what they's telling me. They're saying, "Get him, get him." 
<laughs> he said, no, you get him. No, you get him. So, so the closer I get to him, the faster I start running. And sure enough, I, I get to them, they're going to try to stop me, and I just sort of bulldog to them like an old football player. And at, at that time, we, I get up there to where Randy Terry is and, and uh, Greg. They never did see Greg. Greg must have been up in the trailer. And Randy Terry was trying to – he was grabbing the jack handle. I'll, I'll never forget it. And I looked at him. I said, you don't want to do that. And at that time, uh, Aaron we was up there, the police, and all them that got there, and Aaron was on my shoulders hanging. I was slinging. He like a little helicopter. <laughs> he was going around and around, out and back, out and back. And uh, after all that right there, I, you know, went over to my trailer, and I, I, I remember sitting in the trailer, and big Randy Blue, Randy's daddy, Randy, you know, little Randy's daddy, he come over there and he said, Tim, he said, you need to go over there and, you know, make things right over there. He said, you know, racing's racing. I said, I know, man. I said, I don't normally get like this, but it just it just hit me the wrong way. So I walk over there, and I tell Randy, and I tell Greg, I say, hey, man, that ain't me. I don't normally do that kind of stuff. I said, sort of just got a little hot-headed, get a little crazy sometimes. That kind of stuff happened quite a bit, quite a bit. And uh, when them wrecks and stuff like that right there, I, I remember in the trucks racing the series right there, old Martin Espy. We'd race and race and race. Next thing you know, Mark, he ended up wrecking twice. He still blames it on me, but I blame it on him. So, and uh, he just kept asking me. He said, "Man, what? Can't I just get a lane to race?" I said, "Well, if you'd stay in it, I'd let you." But, <laughs> but anyway, with that being said, you, you know, now me and Mark, we talk. You know, when we had a racetrack, I mean, you, stuff like that happens. The next thing you know, you, you. you Kind of like a buddy or something, you know. And um, but Lord, that's happened to me over and over and over again. That's for sure. Me and old Dave Roberts, I know we was racing at Greenville, late model. And me and him was racing hard side by side. And uh, I remember getting in some oil or something coming off a four right there, and that thing snapped sideways. And me and him touched, and both of us spun out. And man, I I felt bad about that because me and David raced a good bit side by side. And uh, I sat in that trailer, and finally got, I walked over. No, actually, David come to my trailer, and he said, he said, hey, boy, he said, don't worry about it. He said, man, I was racing. He said, ain't nothing you did intentional. I said, no, I would never do that. But that made me feel good because David, I thought a lot of David at that time because me and him raced. I mean, I watched him win races and everything else. Here I am, just old junkyard junkie out there trying to race with him. You know what I mean? And for, for somebody like him to come up and say, hey, man, don't don't worry about it. You know, it made me feel pretty good. So yeah, he's a he's a class act for sure. We need to step away for one last commercial break, and then we're gonna finish up a little bit about you, and then we got your son in here, and then we've got Charlie Satterfield Moon in here, and um, I know you and her dad worked hand in hand a lot of racing, and if you got a little bit, you a few more minutes or whatever, oh, yeah. you can talk. We'd like to hear some stuff about about Joe because uh, everybody. <laughs> Everybody don't know him needed to know him because he's that's, that's for sure. that's one of the sure. greats out there. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to step away for one second. For all your handyman needs, call Robert or Hall with Hall's All Hands on Decks. 864-213-7502. No job is too small or too big from fixing water lines to building decks 
even minor roof repair, and everything in between. Again, that number is 864-213-7502. Call today and tell Robert that you heard it on a Checkered Pass podcast. And check those fellas out on your local Speedway, Anderson or Greenville. Woohoo Racing, Joshua Thomason and Robert Hall. Hall's all hands on deck. If you've been driving around town and got into a little fender bender and now you need your car repaired, look no further. Go talk to Blake Jeter at Powdersville Collision Repair, located at 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. He specializes in insurance and auto body repairs. That address again is 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. Check out Powdersville Collision Repair and, and tell Blake the guys from a Checkered Pass podcast sent you. Hey everyone, this is Crystal with the Checker Pass Podcast. Wanted to take a second and give a shout out to our official apparel provider, Black S and Racing Apparel. Do you need some shirts printed, maybe some custom hats? Give Black Acid Apparel a call. Black Acid Apparel is a custom apparel company specializing in direct to garment printing. There is no minimum order required and they produce high quality projects. Whether it's for racing, business, an event, or anything else. Like I said, Black Acid Apparel has your back. Black Acid Apparel, your choice for custom apparel and the official apparel of a Checkered Pass podcast. We'd like to thank those guys for coming on board this year. Oh, uh, Tim, we I'd mentioned before the break uh, about talking about Joe a little bit, and then I just passed around and let Brian see the, the back end of your purple car that you had. Uh, that was your first race car? Yeah, that was the second year of it right there. The first year it was just, um, it was more or less a um, a blue color with a, a black top on it. The old, old thing was rusted up so bad I just had to duct tape and primer over everything on the top. So, yeah. But the second year we put a new body and stuff on it, and it, it, was, uh, it wasn't intended to be purple, <laughs> but it was a black car that we put some purple pearl in, and it was blue on the front with a checkerboard in the middle and supposed to be black on the back. And then we put that pearl in it and that thing, it turned purple, but it, it looked really good though. Looked yeah. real good. That was back before purple was hated at Greenville, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, uh, that's my wife's color. Um, So that was a deal that you and Joe yeah, uh, yeah. Had, had painted or done or whatever. Oh, uh, Miss Katie was asking about something about I heard a ratchet strapped to the leg or something. Yeah, this was uh probably two years ago now, wasn't it? Two years? Yeah, two years. Well, I got down in my back pretty bad. I was I was rolling around in a wheelchair and uh, walking on a walker because of my back. It had a big surgery. Yeah, had uh, killed my almost killed all my nerves in my in my left leg and no no strength in. I could I could walk with a walker stuff like that. And like, man, I said, this can't be the new normal. So, but anyway, we was up Tri-County race, Racetrack, and, and I got in old my race truck, and I said, I'm going to see if I can drive this thing. Well, I go out there, and you'd go off in the corner, 
and my, my leg would just fold over and fall to my to the right side up against my other leg. I couldn't even control it. And I got to thinking about it. I said, you know, I can mash the brake, but I can't I can't hold it up straight enough to where I can get a little leverage. So I got to thinking about it. Now, we had twins that night. So uh, I come in, and if I ain't mistaken, I come in and sat down. Yeah, I came in and uh, told him, I said, give me a ratchet strap. So I took that ratchet strap, wrapped it around my leg, and hooked it to the roll cage on the, on the driver's side. And went out there and made 10 laps. And I said, I said, man, I can drive this thing like this. <laughs> and uh, I got to thinking about it. And I said, you know, there ain't no telling what's going on with my back because I had some, I had some uh, blowed out disc. It was getting over into our nerve canals, causing a lot of trouble. And uh, so I said, I decided against it and let TJ run it that night. I think he got the body tore off of it that night. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway... You know that's 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 how bad a racer's got it sometimes. You know. Wow, you, that's you crazy. Know, you know, I remember, I remember back in my my first year, Charger, we'd got out there and the uh, they'd pull me down every week. For, I mean, I was like, man, when is this gonna stop? So I messed around. I got mad and I hit the side of my car and I was thinking it was door bar door bar. I thought you know I was gonna miss the the bars. <laughs> so I waylaid that thing and and I'm fractured my hand fractured the old boxer deal and um so two weeks went by i had a cast and all that stuff on that thing two weeks went by and the shrine race was coming they said well you can't race with a cast on so i'll be back i went cut that thing off and raced that night with a broke arm <laughs> and uh went back to the doctor afterwards hey i got some oil down in that thing i need to get another cast put on and uh but we, we ended up sacking that night. We should have won. We got in the wreck early, and we drove from the back back to the front and hardly no cautions, and should have won that night. But uh, but it uh, that's how bad, like I said, these old racers got it. Well, you, when you want to race bad enough, you're going you're gonna to go race. I mean. What was your plan to get out of the car in a hurry with a ratchet strap tying your leg in? <laughs> well, it was hooked, so I could <laughs> I could have grabbed them hooks pretty quick, but. Our but, guest uh, last week was the great Roger Alltop mm-hmm. and his two knucklehead sons. <laughs> and they made a reference last week about making you beat the steering wheel going down the backstretch after the checkered flag. What's that all about? Well, he, he, he tends to lie a little bit. <laughs> uh, so, with that being said, I, it, it, I think Jamie Alltop might have outrun me once in his whole life. <laughs> but, uh, so... You know, I, and I tell him, I said, boy, I said, you need to thank me. He said, what are you talking about? I said, because the only championship you ever won is because I laid out for my son's graduation. I, I remember said, that. I said, I missed a race because of TJ's graduation. My wife, my truck was sitting there now. All I had to do was go, start, pull it in, and I'd have won the championship. I was up, I was up 30-something points. And uh, so naturally, if you didn't show up, you lost all them points. I think there was two or maybe three races left after that. And uh, so I ended up coming, you know, finishing second within eight points. I said, boy, I almost beat you and laid out a week. But, but yeah, but if I was beating on that steering wheel, that's just because I finished second, not because uh, he was <laughs> out running, man. Because me, me, I go to the racetrack to win, and anything other than that's just 
to me is losing. I mean, naturally, second's better than last, but you still didn't win, you know. And that's just my mentality. When you go to a racetrack, you want to win. You know? That's what you're there for. And uh, even when TJ gets in the car, his car, I'm like, I, I don't. I don't like to settle for second. I, I'm, it's just that competitive edge in us that, that, that we want to win. And naturally, you, you ain't going to win them all. Oh, but, yeah. You know. I got two questions left for you. First one is, you know that the magnet that connected me to Greenville Pickens and racing is Donnie Bishop. Mm-hmm. You run against Donnie at least one year in late model. Do you have any Donnie Bishop stories? I sure do. I'll never forget Last race that Donnie Bishop run at Greenville, I finished second to him. And, I mean, I I could get up on him, get right there in the middle and get down. But need to say now, I'm, I've got a $4,500 motor. He's He's got a good motor. I ben know Barnes he does. Motor. Ben yeah. Barnes. The best you could get back then. Probably still are. And uh, so I, could, I had to settle for second that night. And uh, he he happened to come out to Mon- – I, I worked at Monty's at that time. He come out to Monty's, and I looked at him. I said, Donnie. I said, man, you couldn't have quit one week earlier. He said, what in the world are you talking about? I said, man, that way I could have won a race at Greenville Pickens in late model. And he was like, well, I didn't think about that. And I asked him, I said, you know, and he was like, he said, well, you did give me a battle that night. I said, well, I said, but that's all it was, was a battle. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was hard to outrun Donnie. Donnie was, when he was, and when he was there, he was going to be one of them to beat. That's for sure. Your, you know, line, your line looks a lot like his. Did you learn things, your line? Well, Did we find you, your line from him? The first time I ever seen Donnie on the racetrack, I was in my first car. You know, I go out on the pit, out of the pits, and I'm pulling, I'm going down into turn one. And I didn't think nothing about it. I'm just sort of riding, heating tires up. You know, I'm just cruising real slow. Well, about that time Donnie gets beside me and he lets off the gas, it scared the bejesus out of me. I was like, my Lord, he, it looked like he was running 200 mile an hour. And uh, that was the first time I ever seen Donnie Bishop on the racetrack at the same time I was. And that was, I was in a Charger and he was in that late model. But uh, but that that thing, it was so, I, I don't know, the exhaust must have come out the left side or something on that thing. But man, that thing like scared me to death. I actually pulled in the pits until he got off the racetrack. <laughs> That's the truth. Because I think it was the first time I was ever out on the racetrack. Probably a good idea. Yeah, I said, I'm going to get out of his way. He's You flying. didn't have Joe's camera contraption. No, not, not that time. That, that, that was the first race. And, uh, but, yeah, that, it, it, you know, to, to be able to race, when I first started racing late models, I mean, you had Gene Morgan. You had Donnie Bishop, Pete Silva. You had um, Kenneth Hedden. I mean, he was there. You had um, – Lord, how mercy there were so many of them. David Roberts. David Roberts, Greg Porter. Randy. Rand, well, Randy, I don't think Randy was racing at that time in late model stock. Murderer's Row, sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sutherland was there. I mean, they was, they was, man, they was a bunch of cars, a bunch of cars. And when you could compete with that caliber driver and cars, I was pretty content for the first couple of years. But then when you can't win, it gets old. Yeah. So, and, uh, at that time, it's, you know, it's either spend more money or run fourth or fifth. And that's basically what we was doing, which I was tickled with that. But, again, I was there to win, not to not to finish in the top five. But being against that caliber of drivers and, and, and all the knowledge they have with everybody surrounding them and then 
the funds that you had. Oh yeah. I mean, that's pretty dang. I mean, yeah. I, I tell I tell everybody we still we still poor boy race. Don't get me wrong. It's better now than it's it's ever been, but it still ain't the caliber some of them we race against. That's for sure. I mean, them boys are spending some money. We we both TJ's cars. I call it a sooner. It's a it's a Levitt center section with a running roll rear clip. With I don't know what kind of front clip with some Hedgecock lowers, towns and spenders and spindles and something I built for the uppers. So it's a sooner, you know. It's one of them old dogs you just don't know what it is. Yeah. But uh Well I, I guess that it, it must have been something in the water or something that come out of that shop because I mean, Joe was I keep going back to to Joe yeah. Satterfield but well, that's, that's, that's where it all started for me, because I will be honest with you, I had no clue, no knowledge of any kind about a race car. And uh, Joe inbred it in me and, and taught me and, uh, a lot, a whole lot. And uh, I can remember after about a year of his teaching and training, yeah, it was probably less than that, probably, probably six, six months maybe. He come in one day after we'd been in a been in a little bump up in the in the in the car. He come in there and he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm setting this front end." He said, "How are you setting the front end?" I said, "Well, I've been watching you all this time." I said, "I thought I'd try it myself." And uh, so he got to watching me and got to watching what I was doing right there. He said, "Dang, son." He said, "That's right." He said, "He said, how did you pick up on that?" I said, "I ain't watching you for nothing." Yeah. I said, "I want to know how to do this stuff." I said, "I want to be able to work on it." And uh, I mean, he taught me all about cross, about left side, about rear weight, about I mean, all your basic stuff. I mean, he taught and inbred that in me, and and we was able to take that and use it all these years. I still use a lot of what he taught me. I yeah. mean, when it comes to that kind of stuff. And uh, naturally, as you progress and you go through the, the the different types of cars and that kind of thing, there's a lot of different things you have to do different. But the basics is still the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're still doing you, – you're trying to make all four tires stick to the racetrack. Yeah. And, uh, and if it wasn't for him – I probably wouldn't have won a race, you know. And I mean, if it hadn't been for him teaching, teaching me, and then I'd get to venturing out doing this and doing that, he'd come over and fuss at me, and then we'd go out there and it run good. And he said, "Well, it worked, didn't it?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, it ain't too bad." I said, "It's, it's doing all right." And uh, so, he just just like yourself and Randy Ballou yeah. and and Dombrowski, and I mean, he the list goes on of guy and, yeah. and himself. Yeah. It just it's he's got a lot of race wins and championships yeah. just by helping oh yeah that's and that's you know he's like i say he helped me he's helped randy he helped like you said don brass helped witten and himself and uh i mean he wanted when i first met him i mean he was talking about the wins and stuff that he had won and uh and it even went back to his brother gary you know he helped gary you know in all the racing that he did so Joe, Joe was, like I said, a big part of my racing uh, career to where I got to. And uh, it'd be even times when I was, uh, um, out, I was out of the shop for a long time there, and me and him get to talking, and I said, well, what about this? 
here we go. Well, we start <laughs> talking that stuff out and back. And, uh, you know, it's always good to bounce stuff off of people you trust and people you learn from and uh, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I miss those days. No uh, that's uh, There's, you know, Joe and little Randy is not with us anymore. And, you know, me and, let's see, it was me and Jamie Tate and uh, little Randy and Chris Minders, which it was mainly me, Jamie Tate, and little Randy would go from shop to shop. Occasionally Joe would go with us, but Joe's knowledge was with us every shop we went to because if it hadn't have been for him, I wouldn't have known what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Lord, we've had a bunch of wins through all the cars. Jamie won bunches of races and uh, even had Rena out there running, and Rena run real well. And, um, Lord, I even had my wife in a car once. And uh, thank God she got pregnant and uh, could sell it. In the car? <laughs> well, <laughs> she, uh, we, we, we was gone. Me and, uh, me and Jamie and a bunch of us were gone to that Richard Petty driving school. And uh, I come back. They had to reschedule on Valentine's Day. And I come back from a... Come back from uh, from that. TJ was already born at that time, but I came back. Uh, it was late at night, and on the table was a little Valentine gift. And I was like, so I opened it up, and I said, what in the world? What, what, what do I need a thermometer for? I get, <laughs> I get to look, I get to look, and I said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to be another, I'm, I'm going to be a daddy again. And I walk in there, and I said, man, I said, when did you find out? She said, well, I've known for a little bit, but I wanted it to be a surprise. And I said, thank goodness I can sell the car now. Because <laughs> uh, they, they wasn't nothing, you know, it don't bother me too bad when TJ's driving, but when my wife was out there. <laughs> I can only imagine. That was that was pretty scary because she wasn't scared, I will tell you that. She she would hit the gas, son, and if it was loose, well, it stayed loose till she wrecked. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not. <laughs> I'll never forget the first car. Matter of fact, the first car we got, we got it from Randy Blue. It was Monte Carlo, the one he had won all them races in, big big Monte Carlo and Charger. I bought that car from him, and I put her in it. And the uh, first day we was out there practicing, old Shane, um, golly. Blackwell? Blackwell. He was in that black car, black 25. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, I said, you see that black car right there? I said, you need to get behind him and just follow him. I said, just, just follow him. Well, she comes out of the pits, and he's seven car lengths out in front of her. Well, she don't let off going into three. And that thing bounces off the wall, and I'm going, in the world is she doing? <laughs> so she limps that thing back in. It's all wobbling, shaking, and going on. And First thing she says out of her mouth, she says, can you fix it? I said, well, yeah, honey, I can fix it. I don't know if I can fix it today. <laughs> but we get it back together, and I said, well, I said, well, what in the world made you drive off in the corner like that? She said, well, you told me to follow her to 25. I said, not seven car lengths deep. <laughs> so, but anyway, she she finally ended up, um, well, matter of fact, Jamie Tate drove that thing for me the first race, and he was leading the whole race. And we had a little something in that thing. I put a big motor in it for my wife. You know, I figured she wouldn't mash it. I figured it would get it down straightaway. So Jamie... He said, you let me drive that thing the first night because his car, we had uh, got the motor and all in it, worked all night long, and uh, went to crank it up, and it filled the oil pan up with water. Mm. So we called Mike Hosen back, and he uh, 
said, well, you don't have to bring it to me. And evidently, it, it bypassed through where the rocker arm studs was or something. It was leaking water into it like that. So I said, yeah, you can drive it. I said, he said, you think should, if I can win, win in it? I said, I said you, that's up to you. If you're running for a championship and you want to fall back, that's fine. Well, this rascal's a straightaway ahead of everybody. And I'm going, well, we got this thing. Well, on the last lap, going into, going down the back stretch, going into three, each side is going to cut the switch off. So he cuts the switch off, and good old Donnie Lockerbie hits us in the back. That thing spins out, hits hit wall tire right there. Oh, God. Caves mm. the cage in. I didn't even go down there. I didn't even want to look at it. I know it was bad. So we get get it home, and sure enough, I have to cut the bars loose and this, that, and the other. And car just wasn't quite the same after that. We did get it running pretty good. And uh, she ended up finishing off in, in, in one and two over there. And she was determined that she was still wanting to race, so I went to Will McClure and bought another car. Put her in it. She destroyed the rear clip. Passing, um, it was one of the boys, I, Lord, I, his name's off the top of my head here, can't think of it, but she was passing him. She said didn't want him to get away from her. And that thing got sideways, and well, naturally, she did. About flagman stand, it finally spun around with her, and she backed it into in the inside wall there. And uh, first thing out of her mouth, can you fix it? I said, <laughs> not tonight, honey. <laughs> and uh, so I had to put a rear end in it, put a rear clip on it. She finished out the year that year, got pregnant, and then I sold that thing, thank goodness. <laughs> but uh, the only one I had to put in a car is my daughter. I just can't seem to. I don't know something about that, but but uh, I told her I'd buy her baby bomber and let her ride, you know, drive one of them things. Yeah. She said, "No, I want one of them big motor in it." I oh said, oh, Lord. <laughs> well, how old's your daughter? She is twenty-two. Oh. So I'm getting old, boy. I'm getting old. So I the didn't. can you fix it question leads to my last. Can you fix it? Talk leads to my last question. Um, you've done some mechanic work for me. My observation is that. You are at least as good a mechanic as you are a driver and probably better. I mean, win a championship driving junk and you did the work speaks for itself. Um, your current sponsor uh, is Busted Knuckle. For those that don't know, what's Busted Knuckle? Where are they? What services do they offer? What's their phone number? So on and so on. Yeah, that, we've, we've been in business for ourselves now uh, for about 14 years. Actually, at the spot we are now for nine in, uh, out on 123, right above Napa. Um, Next we, to Silver Bay. Yeah, right down below Silver Bay. So we, we do most, you know, most of all your service. We don't get into no diesel work, but most everything else we'll get into if, if we got the hands to do it. We've had to turn some big work down lately because we've stayed so busy. But, uh, but uh, you know, we up there, phone number's like 864-644-8872. If you ever need anything, give us a holler. We do tires, a little bit of everything. And if you can't get him on his phone number, shoot us a message and we'll, we'll get it and get you in touch with Tim and, and TJ, and, which leads us to TJ. So you won a championship in 08, 09, somewhere in there. I remember my mother passed away in 10, so we was building a car for me to go run Renegade, and I remember going out there and he was he was on fire. Yeah. And I didn't even know you had a son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we actually got him into racing – I I ended up with a 
which was a renegade car. It's old '76 Grand Prix. My brother-in-law, matter of fact, Nick Tate is the one that ended up had it originally, and then my brother-in-law got it, and uh, so there's some way or another I got it from him. And TJ was getting old enough then to where I said, you know, I'm mind seeing what he can do. I actually had bought him a go kart and was gonna go go kart racing for, you know, earlier. Yeah, to get started. Get started, and I took him. Went up to Dakisville, and I was watching a little go-kart race, and there's this little eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid. Flipped that thing over, throwed him out of the cart up against hay bales. <laughs> this kid was just crying. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, now, what if that was TJ? I said, man, I said, I'd rather put him in something, you know, a little later that's got, because I'd done been in a car. I knew, I said, I feel pretty, I feel safer in that thing than I do anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh so some year, a couple years or so went by. TJ, like I said, he's up high school at that time and had his driver's license and stuff. It, you know, because back a few some years ago, you couldn't be 12, 13 years old and go race. Uh, you, you had, had to, to be at fifteen. License. You had to have both parents' signature. Mm-hmm. So we got him into that thing, and man, he was right off the bat. That thing, he was winning races. I think. Uh, I won the fourth race I was in, I think. Same as his daddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, TJ, tell us about your first race. When and where was it? Uh, first race was at Greenville Pickens, and I can't remember what year it was. Was it 09 I started? That's what I was trying to think, because I think that's – It was a silver and orange. Yeah, yeah. same color yeah. as Dad's. Uh, so, you might have been – I think yeah. I, it might have been, yeah. It was probably – Because I think we got – yeah, yeah, because graduation, because uh, when was the same, graduation? 2010, because so the same 2009 yeah, nine was, nine the first was when his first year. Yeah, because uh, the year that you lost to Jamie, all top for the championship. I also I lost both championships in the row because yeah. because of school. Right. But the the first race, yeah, it was Greenville. It's my son's fault. He shouldn't have graduated. <laughs> no, <laughs> Daggum <laughs> education getting in the way. Yeah, I lost two championships in a row because. Well, I was, I, my mom. Yeah, I, I, I was mad as a mom. I was like, she made him go to the prom, the first one. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I was like, yeah. honey, what's more important, a championship or a prom? Well, you only got one prom. I'm like, you going to get another one next year? Yeah. And, um, they the younger girls. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, but that cost us a championship that year. And then uh, and then actually graduation, which I can understand that. I mean, you only graduate once in high school. You missed so. a couple because of mission trips. Too. Yeah, and I'm, I've lost, yeah. I've messed around and lost championships from several mission trips. Be be leading or sacking in the points and in contentions for it. And uh, we was involved with our youth pretty big at the church, and we'd, we'd go on mission trips. And that would know, usually be two Saturdays you'd miss. Yeah, and so so we took in, you know, I elected the. Uh, Serve the Lord instead of go race, you know. I mean, because wise choice. Got got to put Him first in in whatever we do. Yeah. You know, because without that, you know, we can't do anything. You know, it's it's all His anyway. So, but uh, but then TJ, like I say, he won, I think five races the first year. Yeah, five races the first year, and then six so, the next year. Next year. That and was in Renegade. Yeah, yeah, Renegade. Renegade. What was your car? First car. The it was. That seventy six Pontiac chassis, but we put a seventy. It was a seventy seven. Seventy seven, yeah. Monica. Boat, yeah, big old. What did it look like? Uh, it was a monstrous boat, is what it was. It was 
on, color and it was it was silver and orange just like dad's Chevelle. yeah and uh mm -hmm. number 50 same number as dad and uh we both had matching paint jobs for team yeah the hood, <laughs> the hood on those things is what seven and a half eight foot long yeah right. you couldn't see the end of it yeah. when he was 115 no. inch wheelbase car yeah. yeah wow and turns three and four at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it drove really between good the there. walls if it's sideways. I, t I tell you what, though, that was one handling race car right there, that thing. Yeah. And again, just old junkyard stuff, you know. And it never changed. Like week to week, it drove exactly the same. You you may change a a shim or something like that, but that's about all you change in yeah. that thing. And it. And that was the days when the, the springs had to match from one side yeah, to the one other. Side to the other. Like, yeah, they just ways around all Oh, that. I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Hey. Well, that's called creativity. Yeah. And I wasn't going to ask you about that since you're still driving. And so you might have to be you might have to be politically correct, but tell us about some creativity long time ago that uh, helped you win. Well, that's uh, at the end of his right leg. Yeah, yeah. We, we we used to we used to play around, you know, used to you had to run stock A frames, everything like that. Well, if you got creative enough back in the early days, Steve and y'all probably done it so too, but you could take two A frames and manipulate them things a little bit, change around a little this, that, a little bondo work, a little grinding and welding and, and get them front ends where you want them. Because sometimes it's hard to get the front end settings you want with a stock control on mm -hmm. but there's a lot of slotting and a lot of moving that, and a lot of grinding that makes them look like well that's the way it came right you know and that's that's a more or less of some of the some of the stuff now naturally the early days they wanted you to run that's the difference between then and now then you had to run a stock rod motor i'm talking about in your charger street stop stuff like it had to run a stock rod motor. You could run a GM factory steel crank, and you could you could only run cast pistons or one forged piston, which was a TRW twenty two fifty six piston. That's amazing. I can still remember that number. And then the camshaft was supposed to be a bone stock uh, camshaft out of a like a seventy six Chevrolet truck is what what they based it off of. And uh, which nobody had. I mean, but when you walk through the pits and this one here sounds like an A-gasser and this one over here sounds like my grandma's car, you know that that one right there is probably legal. And this one over here is not. And most of them sounded like they was ready to go to the drag strip. But in them early days, again, like I said, we got pulled every week and got thrown out. Thrown out three times. And... Uh, and one, one, Who was the tech man that at, year? At that time, it was Bill Smith. I think Bill's not with us anymore right now. I think he passed away. But he, uh, but I remember uh, Billy Rowland's daddy, Woody. You remember? You remember Woody? Mm -hmm. And uh, well, what, Billy had wrecked his street stock car the week before, and uh, and we'd done been thrown out on camshaft two or three times. I was like, man, I got to do something. So I asked Billy, I asked Woody, I said, Woody, you got a camshaft that'll pass his stupid little specs thing he's got? He said, yeah, we'll just take it out of Billy's motor. It, they just checked right last week. I said, and it checked right? He said, yeah. He said, we, we finished second. They checked cams in the top three, and ours was good. And, uh, and then they blowed up, and then he let me get the cam. Well, I run second 
on purpose that night behind Billy Lusk. I mean, on purpose. I did it. I said, man, I'm tired of pulling down. So I finished second behind him. And uh, he uh, made it look good, though. I mean, I battled on the outside, on the inside. Boy, made it look real good. But it, and I don't, I don't let nobody win. But that night, I let him win. Billy, I'm sorry. I, I mean, you've talked about this. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, so we, they, you know, I thought, well, maybe they wouldn't pull us down. I said, well, if they do, we got Cam, it should be right. <laughs> and uh, so they pull over there, and he says, right, pull the Cam out of it. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, really? He said, yeah, got to look at it. So I pulled the Cam out of it, and it wouldn't come out but about, I don't know, you could see the f- first two lobes is what you could see. And uh, then naturally, you had some come over. We want to see the whole mm-hmm, cussing, this, that, and other. I said, go get me a stick of dynamite. I'll get the whole, I'll get it out one way or the other. You know, I was aggravated with it. And then Bill finally said, well, I can check it right here. I said, it's got two lobes. I can check it right here. Well, he said, that's wrong. <laughs> no, Woody said, first time I ever heard Woody say a bad word ever. So Woody let off a little old cuss word there, and I was like, dang, Woody. I said, he said, you a lie. He said, that's the same cam that was in my car two weeks ago that you checked. He said, I ain't never seen this camshaft before. And that's when I broke my hand that night. <laughs> right there, that door bar, door bar, it didn't work. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so they throw us out again. So I, I don't think I ever made it any money except one time in charter division you know i think the first race that's the only one i never got any any hassle about i'd have been hot on that one yeah knowing it just passed and then getting chunked so so after that right there you know it was what it was and you know we get the motor out i have to actually take a piece of roll bar tubing take the rear freeze plug out cam plug and then knock it out with a piece of roll bar tubing the one of the cam bearings seized up or something in that thing Dang. You know, but anyway, but that was that was some of the stuff that you tried to get by with was camshaft stuff and that kind. Of, but everybody was doing it at that time. But then you get into flywheels and this, that, and the other. We <laughs> there was one incident, and I well, it was on uh, I think it was on Rena Tate's car. I think Jamie drove it that night, and I think we ended up winning that thing. But we had a carburetor on that thing that was illegal, and we knew it was. But we wasn't thinking about, you know, getting a win that night. So I had a carburetor in a box. It was over there in the trailer. And I said, go get that carburetor. And uh, they holding that hood up, and I'm swapping that carburetor, trying to do this right here. And I set that other carburetor on the intake. No Reggie comes over there. And, uh, and Tad Price's mama was watching that thing the whole time. She seen us doing something, but she couldn't tell. They was surrounding me pretty good. And uh, I'll never forget it, though. Old Reggie grabs that carburetor, going to check it. He flips that thing open, dust fell out of the bottom of it. <laughs> he said, he said, man, I said, I don't know how in the world that got in there. I said, must have fell off the hood or something. He said, you need a little more time, didn't you? But he, he let us go because he couldn't prove that it wasn't on that car. That's like yeah. Smokey Green <laughs> driving a car from Daytona to his shop uh, with no fuel cell in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny, but, but uh, but they was they was they was some incidents like that right there. You just you just never you'd hang a flywheel underneath the the car so it'd be warm. Have old 
25-pound flywheel in there and have a 30-pound flywheel sitting to the side where you can pull it out and show it to them. I mean, hey, this one. Do you, do you remember the time? I'm not going to call his name. That, uh, that it was uh, between 2005 and 10. There was a car come out there, and they had a flywheel in the car that was light, and they went home to get a flywheel because they didn't live but a couple miles from the track, and they, the, the flywheel they brought back to the track was lighter than the one they had in the car. <laughs> It was a number 29 car in Superstock. No names, no names. <laughs> but I, We laughed. They, we was just kind of sitting over to the side spectating that, that ordeal, and they they snuck over there and slid the flywheel under the blanket, and then they wiggled it over, wiggled it over and got it out, and then they, hand, they thought they had something. They handed it to the tech man, <laughs> grinning, because they just pulled one off on somebody, and then it was lighter than one they had in the car. Lord have mercy. Yeah, uh, I tell you, an incident, we was – we got pulled one night. Well, there was two of them that got pulled, and we uh, took these things to the, to the tech man's place and was getting them checked. And Well, they took, pulled them out on Saturday night didn't have to go till Monday or Tuesday. Well, we get over there, and they tearing these things apart, and I done tore them out apart at the racetrack. We found piston was coming apart and all that kind of stuff. That's the reason we got beat. And I was like, man. We shouldn't have got beat. Our car was good. Matter of fact, it was in an old orange car, that super stock. And uh, we get over there to the to that shop, get that thing checked. Well, we start pulling ahead on these things. I don't know about y'all, but if uh, if you ever run a, a a motor, any at all, you tend to get a little bit of dusting or something like that on the valves or on the exhaust ports. Well, we got this thing down. This thing looked brand hammer new, like it ain't never been even cranked. Oh, yeah, everything's good. And I, I looked at boy that was helping me at the time. I said, you think that motor's ever been run? He said, "He said, in all my years, I ain't never seen one that clean after a 25-lap race. I said, well, I was just wondering if you've seen what I've seen. Well, I, you know, what was you going to do? So I just let it ride, let it eat, and just went on to the next week. But there's these just things that you see and you go, Man, they just some people get by with whatever. Yeah. You know? And Lord, I can go across there and be ten pounds light. They'd be like, Oh, you you wrong. I, look, man, I I sweated out ten pounds. Well, we had an instance <laughs> two years ago at the track or three years ago when Rockline was running Charger or Renegade where he was two pound no, it was one pound. He was one pound light. And they was gonna throw him out. So my ding dong crew members goes and grabs six Gatorades and throws in the passenger side of the car to make weight, and they kept rolling the car back and forth. And Anyway, the Anthony made him strip down, make sure he didn't have nothing cheated, you know, to weigh yeah. him down, put his suit back on and get in the car, and they rolled it off, and I don't know if they rolled it to the right or left and got it, but anyway, it, it said 3201. Yeah. But he, he about lost it over, you know, a Gatorade bottle. So I've seen... Both of you run a lot at Greenville and Anderson. Uh, I've Tim, I've seen you run once at Hickory in the truck. I know y'all run at Tri-County, Lonesome Pine, Newport, uh, Myrtle Beach, Florence, all, all places around. So question for each of you, what's your favorite track and why other than Greenville or Anderson? Well, I'm going to have to say and it's probably because I feel like it's the biggest win I ever had. Uh, Myrtle Beach, that Myrtle Beach 400, 
I mean, that's when you got the best of the best. And uh, I think, if I ain't mistaken, that was 2014 maybe. I think it was 2014 we went down there, sat on the pole, and won that race. And every time we unloaded there, we was always good. We, I don't think, I think our worst finish ever down there that we actually finished a race was fourth. And the only time we ever went is when we went to the big race, you know, the, the 400, and, uh, which is a 100-lap truck race for us. And when you can beat those kind of guys and, and win that race, it's, it, it makes you feel pretty good. It makes you feel pretty good. I mean, now that I think about it, I went down there one year to watch Marty, and I think you were in that race too. But that, he was in a car, though, so maybe you weren't. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, you ever run against Marty at Myrtle Beach? In a, I, in a car, not a I, truck. I, the year that I run against Marty was the year the power steering, the rack and pinion went out on my car. I, if I ain't, didn't Marty win that truck race? If he no, did, no, he had trouble about three quarters of the way through. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, I fell out that night. Me and Marty was right. We was going to race each other then, but that was uh, that's the only time I think I ever run Marty at Myrtle Beach. Now we've 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 run some now since he you know he's back driving for Greg so well, y'all putting on good shows at Anderson yeah. the two times I've seen you and, this uh, year at Anderson we uh it's it's just a lot of fun to drive ride you know and race with uh with with Marty because he's one of them that you can count on to run you right run you clean it don't matter if you door to door or whatever you we may scrub a little paint or something but it's it's gonna be it ain't gonna be you know, it's going to be just hard racing. But if you rub him or you rough him up, oh, same yeah. with you. You're going to get roughed up. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got you got to let people know. You got to have respect. You got to gain respect, you know. so, And that's in, in racing in general. You know, you got them. You got some guys out there, man, that's or they just hit in and everything on the racetrack. And when you see them, you know when you get around them, it's, it's probably going to be you or them. So, so some of them you have to sort of race a little different than others. But So, TJ? Um, what, other than Greenville or Anderson, what's your favorite track and what that you run and why? Probably either Lonesome Pine or Motor Mile. And one reason Motor Mile is because it's just a really nice facility. It's probably the nicest track we've been to out of all the tracks we've raced at as far as, like, everything. Bathrooms, grandstands, the pits is nice. Um, I think they even had air-conditioned bathrooms in the pits. They did. And wow. it was air, great. Air-conditioned bathrooms. Wow. And, uh it also it's a really smooth track. It's got a ton of grip. Uh, there's a couple different racing lines you can run, and it's it's pretty you know it's pretty easy track to pass on. So uh, it makes for good racing. And also they got a big playground for the kids. They got go kart track, monster truck rides, drag strip, a drag strip right behind the track. Wow. It's it's, it's a really good. cool place. It's a long ways. I mean, it's yeah. a little piece up there. And I like Lonesome Pine too, where, which is where we just raced. That track's it's just fast. It feels like you're flying. That's, that's the track that they thought they wanted to make a dirt track, correct? Yeah. And then yeah. they repaved it again. Yeah. yeah, they made it a dirt track for like half a season, and then yeah. something fell through. I yeah, thought when they were doing it, they was messing up. That's one thing I've seen. You're talking about different tracks. For some reason or another, when we go somewhere new, we always run well. I don't I remember first time I ever went to Florence, we set track record, sat on the pole there, ended up sacking there. We had a tire go down halfway through, 
had to pull in the pits and still came back, finished second to Jamie Weatherford. And yep. then uh, Motor Mile, TJ's talking about, first time we ever been there, we won up there. So it's something about them different tracks we go to. Lonesome Pine, in the beginning, first four races I won two and finished second two twice. So we've had real good success at, at places that we've never been before. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just so hard to go to those places sometimes. Yeah, that's a pretty good little haul y'all done this weekend to have it's two about, cars or about, two. About four hours yeah. one way. Especially when was it like, was it last year or the year before? Whenever diesel was like six forty nine a gallon or something, yeah, it, went it up costed to, like went up to Wake County then. Yeah, and it was like eight hundred dollars in long, fuel just to get there and back. It wow. was. I told Angel, I said, "Lord, this will break the bank in a hurry." Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, you know. TJ now, we run two years with him and in, in the Renegade, then just dumped him right to the wolves with a limited car, and uh. Been fairly successful hey, in yeah. his in his first yeah. year. In his first year there, he won at Greenville, and yeah. won one race at Greenville, and uh, finished up front most of the time. And Lord, that that's whenever that's the car we bought from uh, Larry White, Jay White's yeah, old car. That was the first one, and uh, he uh, he really done well there. Then I get the bright idea to sell everything, and, and I got to tell you guys this too. He sells it, doesn't tell me he sells Because <laughs> we were sitting at uh, my grandma's eating dinner after church one day, or lunch after church, and I tell him, I'm like, I'm going to go down here and get the race car ready for the next race. And he was like, oh, that's going to be kind of hard because I, I sold it. And I was like, wow. I thought he was kidding. I was like, no, no, you didn't. And sure enough, he sold it. Mom, Mom's over there at the table next to him about to start crying. I was like, why didn't you? You didn't even say anything. <laughs> well, I, it was hard to tell him that I was going. You know, we was going. We was going to give it up for a little bit. Are you related to my dad in any way? It sounds <laughs> just like something he would do. Uh, and uh, then, then later on, there's some stuff going on. I yeah. said, "Well, I just I'm gonna get him a car." So I got him a car, and uh, we went back racing. And uh, sold out again after that. That's when I sold my truck, too. Yeah, the truck. That's I, whenever I got rid of yeah, everything. The last time the truck ran, we drove it to Anderson. And TJ. And TJ I finished run. second behind Kenneth uh, Hedden. And that was the first time I've ever been in a truck. And um, actually, that whole race, I didn't have radios either because yeah. the, the battery died in the, in the radio. radio. So I run like 70 laps with no radio. <laughs> But but uh, I have, I got a pretty good feel for where traffic is around me, so it, it doesn't bother me. Now the first year that I sponsored your limited car was a red car. Was it number fifty? Number eighty. It was number eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. And how? Now walk, I, tell me about that car. Okay, so how I got that number instead of fifty? Because we usually always run fifty. So, I, I, but that was whenever Dell Junior. I'm Dell Junior fan anyway. But um, whenever he was still running and. I told Dad, I said, I think I'm going to switch to 88 this time instead of 50. And then we went and ate. I think it was at five guys, and my order number was at 88. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I got to do it. Just, yeah. just, you know, it's coincidence, but I did it anyways. But that that car, oh, what kind of car was that? Was yeah. that a Hedgecock car? That was a Hedgecock car. Yeah. And it was it was a good car, but it needed updating. The yeah, it, was a, it was an older Hedgecock, and at that yeah. time we had went to – Soft setup, yeah, big bump bar. stops, and at that time the cross member—if you tried to run it like it needed to be run—it would it would 
it would, it would rub drag the track. Rub race tracks. So. You just couldn't get your down numbers good enough to run on bump stops or stuff like that, like they're running now. Yeah. So we couldn't really do anything with it other than run like Either your old or school. Either another, you know, a whole front clip or something yeah. like that on it. But so uh, we just run old school conventional with it with like a pair of 400s or something, yeah, I think. And yeah. it was it was a good car. It handled really well. Yeah. Run, you, run real good. Do you guys fool with the spring smashers or whatever they call them? The, the I, this yeah, is the first. This is the first year that I've ever. I, I went ahead and invested in a gale force machine, and didn't realize how much difference that right there really makes in knowing what your seeing your load numbers and stuff. You know, I've always been seat of the pants. Get in it, go out, fill it, come in, make a change, just keep doing that over and over. And a lot of times I can do it by watching. Like him, I can watch yeah. the car and about tell him what it's doing and um, and make changes according to that. And he's getting better with that now himself, too, after after racing all these years. Yeah, because I haven't been in a, a late model car or a car like that really that long. I mean, what, like five total seasons? Yeah, this, this car here we've had the longest that he's yeah. run. And uh, he's had real good success with it. We've one in it, run up front with it, had the championship one last year. Oh, my gosh, and, uh, don't even start. And that's last year. We, I mean, won the championship by paper. And I have these motors built, and I ain't going to throw nobody under the bus. But anyway, long story short, at the end of the year, they take these motors out and take them up to Hendron or somewhere and tear them down, check them. You know, it's crate motors. Mm-hmm. So they check it. They say our camshafts wrong. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, check it and make sure that because it, it had comp cam stamp, stamped on it. I was like, because I and told him up front, I said, listen, I said, we're running for a championship. I said, he is leading the championship now, and this was, was freshening the motor up. I said, and when at the end of the year, they pull these motors out, and they, they check them from top to bottom. I said, it's got to pass tech all the way through. And uh, evidently there was a misunderstanding there because – it didn't have the right camshaft in it. And so it cost us the championship last year. So mm-hmm. needless to say, old Tim puts his own motors together now because he's did it for years, and it ain't that hard, you know. No. But, but anyway. It's just finding time. We got, you got When you got two cars yeah. and you're a steady job, it's, it takes yeah, a lot. It, it takes a lot. And you, and you ain't got anybody but, you know, three people working most of the time. Well, I was going to ask you all that because, I mean, two, two late models is – yeah. I mean that's like having two full time jobs because yeah. I've I've had one here and it was a nightmare. So yeah. y'all have two. I don't know how you do it with two people. Well, yeah. he he mainly works on his and I I do all my own stuff. Like he he of course he's the setup guy. But if it's something like something breaks, motored, he, you know I change he, all he that can stuff. Do all that himself. Yeah. And uh, I hung the whole body on my car this year. I was pretty proud of myself. It looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he did <laughs> did a good job. And uh, and you know, but that's. To be a good racer, you got to be able to work on your stuff. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's just point blank. I mean, you know, back in the day, nowadays drivers, even in cup, they can show up at the racetrack and get in. Yeah, and they just drive. Drive. Yeah. You know, Richard Betty Dale, Earnhardt, Pearson, all them guys get out, crawl under the cars, work on it, get in with a dirty race suit, and go back race. Mm-hmm. These guys nowadays, they're just too pretty to go in. You know what I'm saying? Now, I ain't saying all of them does that because I'm sure a bunch of them does work on work on their stuff. But a lot of them don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah, that's, about 98% of them don't. Yeah, that's one thing I really wanted to do when I started racing was be able to 
learn what makes the car do what, what changes make you know make the car react, and as far as you know, if you add cross, it usually tightens the car up, which ninety five percent of the times it does. But and then you know just changing different springs and learning what the changes do is that was my main goal when I started racing just to actually learn to get to where he knows because. You know, I don't like talking about it. One day he might not be here, and I still want to be able to race if I can. Well, he's done got me. He done got me counted out. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying. I want to. But it's, it's be good for him to pass on that yeah, knowledge. I want to be able to know yeah. what he knows, and he still knows a whole lot more than I know. I know a good hey, look, bit. You, you learn. You learn every week. Oh, yeah, it's, it's never, never ending because yeah. it's changing so much. Mm-hmm. Everything changes so much. Technology is crazy there's a lot of stuff that i would love to have right now that i feel like would make us even better i mean when you got guys that's got pull down rigs they got sway bar loads tools they got this that and here we are with a gale force machine and and a pack of wrenches wrenches, you know spanner wrench trying to do everything that we do so and and i'm pretty successful doing it you know so um that's because of Got you behind the wheel too. You you ain't no slouch holding the steering wheel, and then he obviously <laughs> isn't either. So yeah, TJ's pretty smooth, and and it's one of those things like this. This past weekend when I lost brakes, and I'm I'm not patting myself on the back, but my old truck was pretty much backwards into into three with no brakes. I patted old gas a couple times, and then just matted it. And old Jeff said, he said, man, he said he's the only person I see every lap trim his toenails on the fan blade. <laughs> he said that thing he said it ain't no playing he said it's just let off the gas get it to the center and mat it and i said well when it lets you that's what you do but if you can't you know and uh we we had a little issue up there it was just a little bouncy getting into the corner which hindered us a little bit but like i say we was probably a second place truck until our brakes went out until uh cameron spun out but uh but we was me and cameron was about tick for tat he was faster the first four laps, but then we could plane off be about the same. Yeah. And, uh, so. And also, I qualified faster than you up there. So he did. Right he outqualified me. That's a question I had earlier, and I let it go. Have y'all ever raced against each other in the same race? Have you ever got into it with each other in the same um, race? No, I I don't want to embarrass him too bad right oh now. Gosh. He's still young. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> we we have practiced together, and I and I have run up to his bumper right there and going to go around him, but I hadn't done it yet. But I will say the truck has usually been faster than the car, but the car has picked up a lot of speed. It is uh, It's definitely, like I say, he, out-qual- he run a 1677, no, no, and I run an 82. So so he was he was definitely a little bit faster. At Anderson or Lonesome this Pine? This was at Lonesome Pine. Yeah. And, uh, so... Don't put it past Pops. He'll yeah. pull your britches down, I promise hey, you. Hey, he's, he's got, like, 150-pound lighter trucks, got more horsepower. <laughs> but he, I'm 54 years old, oh, almost 50. I'm 53 uh, years old. You're, but look you know. at the weight difference in the driver. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, guys, I don't want to keep you here all night. I know we could just keep talking and talking oh, yeah. and talking. Oh, yeah. and It's been freaking awesome to have you guys in here. And I say it every week because it seems like it's – our show's gaining momentum. I mean, we just like Roger Alltop's show last week was through the roof. I yeah. mean, I never knew a lot about Roger, so I was amazed stuff yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't yeah. hardly know him at all. And then to get to sit down, I've known you probably since I've been racing at yeah. Greenville. Yeah. You know, 
we started in 99 and I think, I mean, I've, and I've always seen you out there. So, yep, yep. uh, knew a lot about you, but didn't know as much as I do now. And it's cool to hear these stories, heard these stories. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a, a huge, I don't mean it as any kind of slight at all. I just think it's a huge compliment that for 30 years you've quote run with one with junk. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a huge compliment. What I learned tonight that I never knew was that Angel raced. I had yep. no idea about yep. that. She did. She I do sure remember did. that. One season right there. I probably took two or three years off my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember yeah. one day when, whenever we was out there and she crashed it. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, you know, I, I don't know. Is this something different about when you when you your lady folks is in a car versus, versus yeah. your hot? Uh, I got a question for you. I hadn't asked you this yet. What, oh, this might be good. What is your most embarrassing moment in a race car? I know mine. <laughs> you got to hear both now. Most yeah. embarrassing moment. That's my, my Lord. I'm worse. Let me. Did you ever go out to qualify I, with no gas in the tank? No, I I think I <laughs> I think I probably know yours, and my, it happened at the beach. Yeah, that was probably my most. And I go out there, and I'm gonna qualify. Here I go, boy. I'll drive that thing off down into three. Didn't get no heat in the tires. Spun that baby around and around and around, qualifying. And I'm going, what in the world was I thinking? But I did have sense enough to go yeah. all yeah, the way back, back to, around, all the way back to turn one, and and get and get, get my momentum back up. So, but Bet yeah, that's 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 kind of when yeah, you spin when you spin out by yourself. That just you know. If, if somebody would have been close, it would have been, man, he got into me. I know he did. <laughs> but but to spin out by yourself, that's pretty Didn't embarrassing. Didn't you still qualify on the pole, though? I feel like you still qualified. No, if it wasn't on the pole, I, I it qualified was third that night. That's right. Yeah. Qualified How about third. you, TJ? What's your oh, most gosh. embarrassing right. Mine was whenever, I think it was the first time we went out to practice. No, it was first race day. We'd practiced before, but then we went out there race day i did about the same thing what dad did i went out there to practice i didn't have much heat in the tires at all and uh it was in the renegade car and i took and got on the gas i was gonna follow somebody and i was still going pretty slow but i got on the gas coming off with four (laughs) and i was moving pretty good but just not enough heat in the tires and that thing got to walking out and back side to side and i thought i had it saved until right after the flag stand it looped it around and next thing I know, I see cars heading directly towards me. There's no flagger in the flag stand or nothing. And I could have swore I was going to get hit head he, on because there was a late model out there. I can't remember who it was. He did hit the uh, outside wall. Though. Yeah. There actually is a, a, yeah, a flat term side. of art now for that move. Yeah. Spinning out at the start-finish line yeah. by yourself. Yeah. It's called pulling a West Cane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah. Hey, I'll, t- I'll give a – I know Randy's not here right now. But I'll never forget we was out there practicing one day, and Randy was in street stock car or something. And they was uh, this guy was out there in a big hauler. I'm trying to remember this fella's name, but if I ain't mistaken, he run the double zero. It was a it was a black car, and Randy was out there just to run it. This car was coming on the outside of Randy, and when he did, Randy just kept going up, put him in the fence. That car and Randy bounced off of him a little bit, and I mean this boy's it's all wrinkled up and everything. I mean it's high dollar race car. Here comes Randy, pulls around, pulls in the pits. He said, "I didn't see him out there." <laughs> I said, "No, you didn't." Wow. <laughs> but that was uh, 
That, that, but that guy never came down there, never said a word, loaded everything up, took off, went on out the racetrack. My last like, question for you, TJ. I've always assumed TJ stands for Tim Jr. Is that right, or does it stand for <laughs> no, something else? No, it's Timothy James. It's I got I got four total names. I got <laughs> both my dad's names and then the last name. And then, well, but both my dad's, sorry, both my grandpa's names yeah. and then dad's name. Yeah, his name. We we started out. She was she was hollering this, that, or the other, and I said, and uh, she said, "Well, I want to name him after Dad." And I said, "Well, if you're gonna do that, I want to name him after my Dad." And I said, "We're gonna do that. I'm gonna throw my name in there." So we call <laughs> his his name's Timothy James Bailey Lawless. So TJ for short. Yeah, and none but, of the names are really that little. And whenever you got to sign your driver's <laughs> license thing, like to. Put it on the license. Well, it, do you have that on the roof of your car? Yeah. It was ridiculous. I like legacy names. My son is William Harley Ramey. He goes by Will. Yeah. But William is my wife's dad and granddad, mm. and Harley is my dad yeah. and granddad. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I told her, I said, look, I want to name him Timothy Ray Jr. <laughs> she said, we ain't having no junior. I said, why not? My daddy's baby brother's name Timothy Ray. I didn't know that was your name. Yeah, Timothy Ray. That's what. That's that was my. My mama always wanted a, a Timothy or a Tim and a Kim. So she, she's got she's got a Timothy and a Kimberly. So, wow. Well, hmm. So uh, that's anyway. pretty interesting. Well, guys, um, I appreciate you coming on and taking yeah. your time, and I'm sure we could dig into a good bit more from you. Yeah. yeah. We'll oh, definitely I have don't. To. I don't got as many cool stories as Dad's got, but I ain't been racing as long. So. Yeah. Well, like I say, when I, I come back out and renegade in 2010, you was you was on fire. You you was yeah. you was winning, and you was the one to come beat. Well, I'll be honest. I never expected to win ever. Like that, my, the first race out, my I told Dad my my only goal was to not get lapped, and I didn't get <laughs> lapped, and I passed Tim Crow's son. Well, and I thought that was an accomplishment. I was like, well, I'll pass somebody. It, it was, it, I mean, it, you was destined to win. I mean, yeah. who uh, your daddy is, if you don't win, uh, yeah, he's Thank probably you. gonna whip your butt. Yeah, <laughs> spank you, man. Yeah, yeah. He'd have sold the car. Yeah. <laughs> without <laughs> him knowing that. Yeah, without him <laughs> knowing it. That wasn't nice. <laughs> well, guys, like I say, I really, really appreciate it, and uh, get everybody, tell everybody about us, and oh, yeah. y'all oh, spread yeah, the word yeah. on this. Uh, we're on all podcast platforms do it so um tim and tj lawless thank you guys i uh, thank you